Canucks Central Tuesday. It's Dan Richo and Satyar Shaw here in the Kintech studio. Kintech Footwear and Orthotics Canada's favorite orthotics provider supported by over 2,500 five-star Google reviews. Find your perfect fit at Kintech.net. A lot to get into. Busy show, as always, for you here. You can uh, be a part of it, 650-650 on the Dunbar Lumber text message inbox. If you are listening live, you can be a part of the show with the text box, comment, questions. They're all welcome at the 650-650 Dunbar Lumber text message inbox. Canucks get the job done against the San Jose Sharks last night, and they'll uh, head out on a three-game roadie practice today. They have Colorado, Seattle, and San Jose coming up uh, Wednesday through Saturday. So another three and four for Vancouver coming up. And I know a lot of the conversation, Sad, is about Quinn Hughes, and rightfully so, 30 points already on the season. Mm-hmm. Uh, a myriad of comparisons to Bobby Orr at this point. Oh, I like, like that you, word, myriad. <laughs> a my, you, you, you like the word? No, 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 people usually say a myriad of problems, right? They usually <laughs> use that word in a different concept. Like you, you, you use it in a positive way. I'm a, I'm a positive guy, glass half yeah, full like guy, yeah. especially when the Canucks are good. Um <laughs> And we'll get into it because, you know, Quinn Hughes versus Kale McCarr. It's a heavyweight bout tomorrow night between uh, the two best defensemen in the National Hockey League right now. Yeah. As much as Hughes has been getting the deserved love of the people, I'm watching the third period last night and most of the game last night, to be honest. And JT Miller is essentially... Uh, unplayable, I guess is the word for the San Jose Sharks. Yeah. Because he was just too much to handle. Too heavy, too good, too strong, too smart, vision too good. He saw everything on the ice. It was like he was the chess master and he was moving the pieces around the board at different points of the game. He was manipulating the game yeah. and his opponents and where, to, and where to be. And when he decided to, he just simply decided to go through these players. And it, it, we often give... JT Miller a lot of praise on this show we've been called JT Miller Central now a lot of trade discussions over the years but a lot of positive (laughs) discussions about hey this guy's actually really good yes and all I kept thinking about last night was this guy's really good (laughs) like he's really good and 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 not only is he good he's a really rare player right Dan I mean we're talking about a guy who has size we're talking about a guy who plays heavy he goes through players is physical battles for his spot he shields the puck incredibly well but then he has incredibly soft hands a great playmaker, incredible vision, great shot, elite on the power play. And and the fact that he's also explosive, he's not the fastest skater, but his his burst and his short area quickness is really good. Like his first three steps, like he blows yeah. out of the block. I mean, that's one of the reasons why he's so effective is he can really blow he can really explode into players and explode from a stop into a, a dynamic position and that's what gives him a big edge with his overall game considering how big and strong he is. I mean, he's 6'1 and over 210 pounds. Like he's a load to play against. He's the uh he's the power forward every team wants in the league essentially and not only that he's uh the power center every team wants. In the league, and he scores at a better than a point per game pace. You know, I know his emotions have sometimes gotten the best of him in years past. This year, he's used it more often than not as a positive. You know, he just had the one moment where he took a sit down for the final few minutes of that second period against the Nashville Predators. Other than that, I mean, he's been 
a good leader. He's been the emotional leader of this team and a guy that sets the tone for this team every single night as generally the player who starts the game Mm -hmm. and he starts hot out of the box and plays this power game that is just so rare. But like when you mention rare, what, like, what do you mean by rare to find a player like JT Miller around the league? I don't mean unicorn because unicorn would, would mean just one. So he's not Kristaps Porzingis. No, but I mean, <laughs> no, he's not Kristaps Porzingis. Now, if a unicorn had a twin okay. or a brother, then then maybe, right? Maybe. But, okay. but then you wouldn't tr- truly be a unicorn, right? But uh, what, what I would say about JT is there aren't many players that have done what he has done. So I decided to look into this. Okay. I contacted our good friends at SN Stats, Sportsnet Stats, and they, they do a great job of digging up anything that we want. So the criteria was... Centers in the cap era, 6'1 or taller, okay. 200 pounds or heavier, Yep. point per game or better, mm-hmm. and 100 hits or better in a single season. That You fit that in a single season. So uh, point per game or better yeah. and 100 hits, 100 plus hits in a season. 100 plus hits for a season. Now, there are different ways to measure toughness, Yeah. but phys- like the hits are a decent indicator of, okay, like, how how physical is a player performing on a pretty consistent basis? Yes. Like how engaged are you physically consistently? So Sportsnet stats got back to me, and this is what they gave me. Since 0506, yep. there are six different centers who match that criteria. Six? Six. So like just the number six. Six players. Only six players have matched that criteria since 2005, 2006. That's almost a 20-year time frame. Yeah. So the players are Ryan Getzlaff. Okay. Makes Vinny, sense. Vinny Yeah, checks out. Joe Thornton. Yeah, checks out. Philip Forsberg. Yeah. Maybe a bit surprised, right? Yeah. John Tavares. Okay. Right? Yeah. And JT Miller. That's it. Those are the only players. Now, that's John, the list. That's the that's the entire list of players that are six one or over, over two hundred pounds, like guys you would consider okay, big power type yeah. players that actually play a power game. Now, here's where it gets even better. Yeah, Tavares has done it once. He did it last year and just barely got to a point per game. One hundred yeah. point had one point per game, one hundred and twelve hits. He's six one, two hundred sixteen pounds. You wouldn't say he always plays a power game, but he's he's tries to be more physical recently, right? And he had that year last year. Joe Thornton. Did it once in yep. 09-10, 1.13 points per game, 113 hits. He's 6'4", 220 pounds at that time. And Philip Forsberg did it once, 2021-2022. Now, maybe more of a hybrid player, played center and wing, maybe yeah. more wing. I, I don't, like, when I think of Philip Forsberg, I think more of sniper right. off the wing. Now, he has played enough games at center that he qualifies okay. for a center. That's one of the reasons why he kind of gets onto that list. But you can quibble with him and say, is he yep. truly a center? Is he a winger? But nonetheless, right? A guy that can fit that bill. All those guys, and Vinny LeCavalier did it once. Now, Vinny obviously played pre-cap era too, but we're talking about the cap era, which is yeah. the era that is best as a comparison for any player currently playing. The only player who did it multiple times, Ryan Getzlaff, five times. JT Miller has done it twice. Last year, the year prior, and he's on pace to do it a third time. The only two players in the cap era who are 6'1", over 200 pounds, point-per-game player, yeah. over 100 hits, yeah. only two players who's done it multiple times in a season in the cap era, Ryan Getzlaff and JT Miller. Getzlaff is going to the Hall of Fame. And I'm not sitting here saying <laughs> JT's going to the Hall of Fame. All I'm trying to do is we always talk about a rare player types. Yes. 
and I keep making making the point like JT's a big power player and he's an incredibly skilled player. That combination at center is very difficult to find. Now, can JT has he always shown he can be a good center? Well, he's had his struggles, but he's really finding his game now. He's showed it at other times. This type of player doesn't exist in the league. Like literally, he has no contemporary in the league right now who's currently playing, who's had multiple seasons doing what he's done. Yeah, that that doesn't mean he's the best power center in the league. All I'm trying to say is guys like him are rare and hard to find. They are nearly impossible to find. Think about, like, even if you were to throw some of the criteria out the window, right, and just think of big power centers around the league. And I don't know if you can really consider them power centers mm-hmm. because not, of the, not all of them play like that, but there's Kopitar, right? Hasn't had a ton of years where he played at a point per game, but has had some years where he gets over 100 hits. So that's why he's missed the criteria just a little bit. Dreisaitl, he can play the power game. Yeah, He tends to play more of the angry piss baby game sometimes <laughs> when he's... But uh, I know we can make fun of that, but when he decides to take over games physically, he he's can. an absolute force. Uh, Nathan McKinnon uh, wouldn't meet the height requirement, yeah. I don't think. He's 6 feet 200, but... And he's never really had a, a season where he's logged a ton of hits, but even him, I mean, he he's a be power a, player. Yeah, he can be a horse, right? Like, yeah. there's only so many guys in the league. Like, when they're coming downhill at you, you're frightened. You can even and make, he's one of them. You could put Dylan Larkin in that category yeah. as well, a bit taller than McKinnon. Larkin is almost like he feels more mini McDavid. Yeah, he is. Where I, it's like yeah. finesse and power in his skating stride. Not as physical, running yeah. guys through the boards. But when he decides to play that game, like he has like 10, 12 games a year where he looks like the best player in the league. One of them happened to be in Vancouver. Yes. <laughs> you know, so he has moments of that. Um, I wouldn't... Like Sean Couturier and Ryan O'Reilly. Um, Couturier's having a bit of a bounce back season here. Come back, awesome to see after the injuries he suffered. And O'Reilly, like, O'Reilly's a great defensive center, but I don't know if he's like a power guy in the way that JT Miller can be. Yeah, I wouldn't, but in the trenches, yeah, you know, he's so good, right? He'd battle with anybody. He doesn't throw the hits all the time, but he played a power game. Yeah. You know? And then maybe Sasha Barkov. Like beyond that, and those are some of the elites of the elites in the National Hockey League, and that's the rarefied air that JT Miller should be put in. And not to make this about the context of JT Miller and his entire career here in Vancouver and him getting the contract last year and how that put a negative connotation on him. He earned it a little bit with the way that he played to start last season. But you watch him now. He's the emotional leader of this team. And without a shadow of a doubt, has played like one of the best players in the National Hockey League this season. Mm Mm-hmm. Playing a difficult role, taking the team's, the opposition's toughest matchup every single night, playing 20 plus minute, first penalty kill unit, first power play unit, all of those things. And he's second in the league in scoring right yeah. now. It's, it's bonkers. He's not a player. When we discussed the contract last year, not a player that we, like, we didn't, personally on this show we didn't uh crush the contract in the way some others did you can have your quibbles with it and yeah you know it might not look as great down the line that's still the case 
But right now, not only is JT Miller giving you $8 million value in the first year of a seven-year deal, long way to go mm-hmm. for sure, but he's giving you surplus value on top of that $8 million. He's playing like a $10 million player rather than an $8 million player. And if that can last even just a little bit for another season or two, you're really happy with that. And that's the kind of thing that helps a team contend rather than just be a playoff team or on the fringes of it. Yeah, and, and I think that's the the separating factor. You look at Quinn Hughes not only playing at an elite level, but a super elite level right yep. now. And we'll talk to Shayna about that too and how that raises the bar for everybody else on the team. And I think JT taking that step does the same thing. You talk about Demko. When you, when you have your best players playing at, at elite levels, nothing can replace that. Yeah. And he's a type of player that is very combustible. You know, there's an edge to his game. And when it goes sideways, it can be really bad and detrimental. So it, it's important for him to harness that the right way. And, and when he does, he's incredible. When he doesn't, well, it can be, I don't want to get dramatic and say catastrophic, but it can be pretty bad, you know? And, and he himself admits to how it can, you know, cause a lot of strain when he's not at his best. So you need to have the right type of infrastructure around a player like him. I'm glad he's not the captain. I think it's good that Quinn's the captain. And having somebody like Rick Talk could be the head coach. Yeah. Players like that sometimes that are, uh, can be a bit like a wild stallion a little bit. Mm-hmm. You need to have the, yeah, you need to have the right type of personalities that can manage them. Yeah, and harness that type of energy. And it needs to be somebody that can com- can command a presence. And I think you have that when when Quinn Hughes speaks as the captain, even though he's quiet, everyone listens now. Yeah, it's one of the things that that I've heard about. It's like, well, they all recognize him as being maybe the best player on the team. He's incredibly dedicated. Yeah. Nobody works as hard as he does. Yeah. When he speaks, everyone's like, all right. Yeah. No one's going to say anything. And you know he's not in there like yelling about nonsense because he's not that guy. Yeah. And JT respects him greatly. So you have that buffer there internally. And I think having Talkett as, as being a guy that can actually hold him accountable. We saw it already this year with a couple of the penalties. He sat him down for five minutes at, uh, on the bench and it made sure that you can't let this get away from you. Like you need to have that right type of system around him. But when you do and you harness it the right way, I mean, the impact's pretty amazing. Uh, great player. That's from uh, Scott B. Benny from the Mocks. Kopitar definitely has those stats in the playoffs. Um, look, Kopitar is, Kopitar is in the range of players. He missed out on the criteria by just a little bit, but we just talked about Kopitar, and he is, by the two Selkies to his name, one of the best defensive centers in the game, and JT is still trying to build more of that reputation as a guy who can be elite at both ends of the rink. Um, another text. So would you trade Miller for Dreisaitl right now? Yeah, I mean, Leon Dreisaitl is like maybe the... Yeah, I mean, listen, I it's not happening or whatever. Yes. And right now, the way JT's playing, I understand Canucks fans being like, you know, hold on to him over anybody else. It's your guy or whatever. But I mean, Leon Dreisaitl... Uh, when he's on top of his game, could be the best player on the planet. There's only a hand like, there's only a handful of players like JT. Yeah. There's a fewer handful of players yes. that are like Leon Dreisaitl in the in the National Hockey League and the rates that he scores at. Um, you know, even like uh, an Evgeny Malkin, right? But like Malkin never, kind of like Matt Sundin, where they're big centers, never really played a physical style. You know, there's some power to your game because you have that size and that ability, but you're not playing the, I'm just going to go out there and bully guys like we've seen. 
JT Miller do at times, mm-hmm. and especially last night. Like JT walked under the ice last night. He's like, I know I'm better than every single player on the San Jose Sharks, yeah. <laughs> and I'm gonna play like it. And that's how he played. And I, I kind of love that about about JT's game, the confidence that he's playing with right now. And I sneaky love, you know, as as Pedersen was struggling a little bit and he was trying to find a goal last night late in the game and and getting frustrated with himself when he would not be able to pull that off. I kind of like the idea that there's like a bit of an internal competition with these guys as to, you know, hey, we're all leading the league in points. Like who's going to get the better of us uh, each and every time we go out there? Uh, Owen and Burnaby, JT Miller is like, a poor man's Peter Forsberg, and that's high praise. Love them both. Uh, Peter Forsberg was uh, was a pretty special player. I mean, JT Peter is a poor man's Peter Forsberg. I don't know. Forsberg is. I mean, honestly, if Forsberg did, doesn't get injured, what's the difference between him and Sidney Crosby? Yeah, probably not a big difference. Yeah. Uh, Raymond says I've never watched Evgeny Malkin in the playoffs. <laughs> Thanks, what? Raymond. No. no, I never watched the Stanley Cup final no. three times when Evgeny Malkin was that player. No, I mean, <laughs> obviously, I mean, we're talking about we're we're talking about guys who fit a certain criteria. And we also mentioned there are players that you can say are power players without fitting that criteria. Yes. that can do things. I mean, obviously, Evgeny Malkin can do that, and he battles hard. And we're talking about somebody who's at at the next level, elite, elite wise. So yeah, obviously, um, I mean, we we mentioned Leon Draisaitl earlier as well. It's uh, the point of the conversation is there are a few players like JT Miller around the league, mm-hmm. especially with the way that he's playing right now. And that might seem obvious given his status, you know, as the second best scorer in the league right now, only behind his teammate Quinn Hughes. But it doesn't feel like the conversation has ever really gotten there with JT. Um, as almost as if people aren't yet willing to buy into JT as a really real and true top-end center in this league right now. But if you go back, not even just the 19 games they've played this year, but the 36 they played last year with Rick Tockett, now you're talking about a player who's played over 50 games at center, playing this matchup role as a power guy and scoring at a basically 100-point pace. That's not something that should be considered lightly, okay? Even though he's still regarded as the third best skater on this team behind Quinn Hughes and Elias Pettersson, we should more consider with the way JT's playing right now, the Canucks have three superstar talents with the way JT is playing right now. I think that's the conversation that uh, we're trying to bring forward. Um <laughs> People are getting tired of the JT love. Uh, I mean, I don't think so. I mean, maybe somebody <laughs> said that or whatever. I mean, uh, yeah, somebody texted him where they say you guys need to be playing some romantical music as you talk about JT Miller. Uh, I give him credit. He's having a great season. I've been changing my mind on him, but it's humorous and entertaining how you guys go on with a love story. To me, that sounds a lot like people that were highly critical of JT and then they're still like, oh, I'm not quite sure. Yeah, he's good, but you guys are overrating him. It's like, if you okay. turn back the clocks uh, 12 months, there were a lot of people saying JT couldn't play center. Uh, we were not one of them. No. Or two of them. <laughs> but uh, just to, to pat ourselves on the back for a moment. But he's proven that he most definitely can. Um, 
All right, some other things going on. Uh, we do have some questions. We're going to get into Quinn Hughes versus Kale McCarr. We'll do it a little bit later on with with uh, Shayna Goldman. But a lot of people got questions about Nils Hoaglander, what we thought about the hit last night. Um, a lot of other questions coming up. Pia Suter, he's not going to be going with the Canucks on this road trip right now. Still considered day-to-day. Hoaglander just got the fine so far, and uh, just to answer that text, have you guys talked about Nils Hoaglander's hit from last night at all? Uh, we haven't yet. I don't know what else there is really else to talk about. You know, he got kicked out of the game. He took a fine today. You know, it was, I wouldn't say an unfortunate play, but got caught up in the moment, slew-footed a player, and uh, he got fined for it. Yeah, I mean, I, I said on the post-game show last night, we spoke about it quite a bit. If you missed it, you can go back and listen to it. And I essentially said, I think it will skirt punishment, maybe a fine. And yeah. that's what happened. I didn't think it, it really fit uh, the mold for a suspension. You know, like it wasn't intentional, but it was a slew foot. And by definition, it should have been a match penalty. The fine, I get to some extent, but I didn't think it should be a suspension. Um but what about the matchup between Quinn Hughes and Kale McCarr? Yeah. I think that's, I mean, if you, I think to me, that's what's interesting that's coming up in, on Wednesday against Colorado. So I guess it's not, it's not late enough into the season to, to put Quinn Hughes into the Kale McCarr tier of defensemen in the National Hockey League. We all know he was ranked too low around the league, ESPN the athletic whatever we don't need to rehash all those things but if you were to talk about best defenseman in the national hockey league right now there are two for my money it is kale mccarr and quinn hughes i bet if i were to look up the norris odds at playnow.com our friends at playnow.com and bclc Mm -hmm. You'd see Quinn Hughes and Kale McCarr as the two favorites. They're neck and neck in points per game this season, and they go head-to-head tomorrow night. And, I mean, I think Kale McCarr has truly been in a tier of his own Yeah, for, like, a couple years now. I think Quinn Hughes has knocked that door open. And you can say that McCarr ranks higher than Hughes on that tier. Yes. Hughes plays this way. He's not that far off. I mean, so the two things that really separated Kale McCarr to me was he was a bit more explosive in a straight line. Mm-hmm. Quinn is adding. You, I mean, he's a great skater to begin with, but that explosiveness is, is also taking another step. McCarr can shoot the puck and score goals. Quinn Hughes can score goals. Physically, I mean, McCarr's not a huge player. When You know what? He's 5'11". Yeah. Like he's not, he's not, like Kale McCarr's not a huge player, right? Like he's not massive and he's bigger than Quinn, but he's not. He's wide. He's a bit wider. Yeah, he's a bit thicker, right? But he's not exactly this massive player. So, but he can play physical, maybe a bit more than Quinn can. Their vision, how they see the game, how they manipulate the game, Quinn Hughes with, with his elusiveness, you can still say McCarr is better overall talent-wise, but I don't think he's in a separate tier, tier anymore. Because Quinn Hughes has, has caught up in terms of the, the repertoire now. Yeah. Like, there, there isn't a shortcoming Quinn has that's significant enough in comparison to Kale McCarr right now. There is really only one thing that separates these two players right now and it's playoff performance. You may not think that's fair. You think Quinn Hughes is as good as Kale McCarr. I'm here for the conversation. I think he's right up there. But Kale McCarr has a consummate to his name. We saw him do it in the playoffs. Hockey people around the world saw him do it in the Stanley Cup playoffs. And while Quinn Hughes was great in the one play, you know bubble playoff run the Canucks had, you still need to 
do it in the playoffs to gain uh, the utmost respect around the league. Like, it's just a, a bar you have to clear. I think Quinn knows that. I think every elite player knows that, and they want to show that they can do it in the playoffs to earn that. But until Quinn is a bona fide playoff performer and helps the Canucks go on a little bit of a run, it's going to be hard for people to put Quinn Hughes ahead of Kale McCarr in this kind of a conversation. And you know what? I'm completely fine um, with with talking about, hey, the rest of the league hasn't caught up yet, and hey, he's not going to get the notoriety he deserves, and and maybe Kale McCarr will win the uh, the Norris this year somewhat based on reputation, even if Quinn is slightly better. All those things can happen, and it doesn't matter. Because all that matters is, does this guy truly play at the same level as the greatest defenseman in the game today? And yeah. he can, and he does. That's the only thing that matters. And we all love to see recognition, right? We all love to have the accolades come in, and, and it's, a, it's a sign of how good a player you are. And yeah, we all have egos. Players have egos. You believe in your best players and your favorite team. You want them to be uh, recognized for the great players they are, especially when they have great seasons. But the only thing that matters is, is he truly one of the two best defensemen in the league today? And the answer is yes. Yeah. And you know that as a Canucks fan, you know that as watching the game and, and knowing what the game looks like. And that's the only thing that matters here. And the rest is great for fodder. But I, what I care about is, is this guy truly what we talk about him being? Is yeah. this guy actually reaching the heights that the best defenseman in the league is at? And the fact that we're, we're having that conversation in earnest, I think is pretty sensational. It's Dan Richo and Satyar Shah. We'll get to more of your texts. And also, Irfan Gaffar is going to join us. An update on Elias Patterson and negotiations with the Vancouver Canucks. That's next on Sports at 650. Hitting the most important topics for Vancouver sports fans. The People's Show with Vic Nazar. Subscribe and download the show on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts.